G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. There was a heroin addict that we were helping support. He used to come to a home group that we used to run and it was down from a group home they used to stay in. And they would steal from you if they saw you, but they'd see me and they'd go, how can I help you, Glenn? They just saw me as someone who was worse off than they are, so they were very compassionate towards me. And and so that opened the door for me to be able to minister to them and, and pray with them. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, once again, our guest is Glenn Cairns from Orange in New South Wales. As we heard last time, Glenn was 19 years old and living in Papua New Guinea when a tragic event occurred and he became a quadriplegic. However, we also heard how the Lord entered Glenn's life at his lowest point in the hospital and gave him an unexplainable peace and joy. Today, in part two of our conversation, we'll hear more of Glenn's remarkable story and how even though he has faced numerous setbacks over the years, he just keeps on serving the Lord and others with amazing results. Once again, Glenn's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Glenn, welcome back to the program. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Great to be with you again. Glad to have you with us. And we heard last time that you were flown from Papua New Guinea down to Queensland and you were in the hospital and that's where you became a Christian. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, amazingly found God in hospital. And so I spent 10 months in, in the spinal ward in, in Brisbane mm-hmm. and had to have to transition home, uh, which was quite challenging. So I went through that whole transition to go from hospital to home. Oh yeah. You had to learn how to live as a quadriplegic in your yeah. home, which is not yeah. designed for somebody in a wheelchair, am I right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my dad had to fly, leave Papua New Guinea, and come back, and he had to build the ramp for me to get in and redesign the whole bathroom. And so it was quite a hard journey. You don't have the supports that you they have at the moment. So back mm. in '87, '88, when I got out, pretty much the cost fell on my family, and mm. they raised um, beautiful people up in Papua New Guinea raised some money to help us out. So that oh, was quite wow. good. Yeah. And so you, you said that your dad came back, so he had to leave his job up there? Yeah, so he mm. left his job up there and came back to, to support my mom and myself. Uh, yeah, beautiful family I've got. A period of adjustment there? Yeah, big adjustment. There was no wheelchair taxis that get around, so pretty much I was confined to my home mm-hmm. for a long time, just learning. It's an interesting thing because getting through such a hardship, I actually, I guess I had a hard work ethic, so everything was a challenge for me, so I actually ended up, being able to dress myself and transfer myself into my wheelchair. So becoming as independent as I possibly could actually took me a really long way in life. I didn't need all the care, unfortunately, that some people need. And if you've lost any independence, you lose a lot. Mm-hmm. So the, the more independence I had, the more I could do. So driving was a big part of that. So I learned to drive. Oh, okay. Um, it was borderline whether I'd get my license or not, but I ended up getting my license. And fortunately, that got me to university. Oh, okay. So you went to university then? Yeah, yeah. So getting my license, my car was pretty much my legs. Um, with a manual chair, you can maybe the listeners have seen a hoist or it lifts the, the wheelchair onto the roof. Oh, okay. So I used to transfer into the uh, seat and drive. So driving was the key for me to get university. Just a practical matter, 
So obviously you can't touch the brake and the accelerator with your, your legs being a quadriplegic. So that all has to be done with special levers for your arms. Is that right? Yeah, so there was a big lever that came down. I pushed that down and that oh, would okay. mechanically move the accelerator. Mm-hmm. And then just a big lever, I'd push it in towards the dashboard. So if you could just imagine a big steel arm coming mm-hmm. out and I had my hand on it and I push it in to brake and push it down to accelerate. And then I had a, they call it a tri-spin, so there's three prongs come out and I'd, I'd place my hand in that so my hand wouldn't slip out. And I guess all the listeners would have seen like a spinning knob, like a round knob. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how I steered the car. Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. So that gave you your independence, able to go to university by yourself? Yeah, without that car. I went to university in Southern Cross University in Lismore, and it was built on the side of a hill. So it's just a big, long story. Accommodation was difficult to find, but the university had an accessible room that I went, I, I stayed in, and um, which was fantastic. So it, it was just God just went before me. He just had mm. everything planned out. Yeah. And it was like I was just following God's plan. I just can't explain. A big story in my life is the sovereignty of God over my life. And, mm-hmm. and God's always been in there. He's got my back. He's a big God. He knows and he has a plan. He has a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because you don't realize it till it sort of happens that you go, oh, oh, God's got my back. And in my case, more often than not, some things happen. I go, oh, well, God's got my back. So I've learned to over the years, all the hardships I've got to go through. I know God's got my back. I just know God's behind me and he's gone before me and he mm-hmm. has good, good things for me. So even even to get my IT degree, it was a real challenge. I think there was about six people I saw leave the university because of just the difficulty of the the campus, you know, the gradients to access to buildings. It was all really hard. And so I finally got through um, my IT degree, which was a big accomplishment. And mm, yeah. first one in my family, quadriplegic. Uh, to go to university and, and have a tertiary qualification. Yeah, so, wow. So, I mean, yeah. that's an accomplishment for anyone, yeah. but to do it while being a quadriplegic, quite amazing. Yeah. So, I met my wife there. At, we had Students for Christ. It was actually the biggest Christian organization on the campus, so mm-hmm. got really involved in that. Uh, so, I found a really good church in Tweeders before I went to Lismore. They used to carry me up the stairs, beautiful bunch of people. So I got mm. to know, I really fell in love with the Bible and uh, met a really good Christian group on campus and had a really great church in Lismore. Um, so I really got discipled really well. Even before that was just God, Holy Spirit, myself, and just reading the Bible alone with God and, and, mm-hmm. and learning the Bible. I had a really good grounding in the Bible. Um, so yeah, and then I met my wife at university. We got married while I was still studying. Mm-hmm. So she finished a teaching degree. A lot of people marrying someone with a disability is always a, they always ask me, did you guys meet before or after your injury? Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder what's underlying that question. Would she marry me if like, yeah, so there's that underlying, yeah. you know, why would someone marry you if you're with such a severe disability? But she fell in love, I guess, with my, you'd have to ask her, but I guess <laughs> my, tena- my tenacity and my hard work and my and my love for God, and um, she's just such a beautiful human being. Okay, you met your wife, Teresa, and then married life continues. How does that go? Yeah, so um, I guess a big thing is working, keeping down a job. Like, I've got to provide mm-hmm. for my family, you know, mm-hmm. like, and have children and all the things people aspire to in a normal marriage, I guess. So fertility was a big thing there. Um, 
50% of quadriplegics are sterile, so that was a big thing. So I f- fortunately, I found out I was fertile, and, and we went through the process of having children. So I've got beautiful twin boys and uh, a beautiful daughter. So mm-hmm. then my boys are nearly 20, and my daughter's um, 17 this year. Oh, so wow. Was, Time flies, yeah. huh? Yeah, and I moved. Um, so my first job out of university was I got on a graduate program in uh, Canberra. Mm-hmm. So I worked for the Department of Education down there as a programmer analyst. And um, Oh, wow. Quite a, a change from uh, your aspirations to be a sports star. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about sports, I actually was in the first uh, wheelchair rugby team for Queensland. So Oh, really? I still was involved in sports oh, okay. a bit, but I did it more for fun, not for yeah. Uh, profession. Yeah. Yeah. So career and um, common sense prevailed, and mm-hmm. I used my brain instead of my body. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so successful with an IT career while being married and being a father. Yep, that is a challenge. Um, to go on a job, work every day, twin boys. We moved away from our family, so I take my hat off to my wife to raise twin boys and a, and a daughter during those times too because I was at work a lot and Mm. she was stuck without a car and different things and built a lot of resilience in us and maybe brought us together more. So I gave, sort of came to a conclusion where I really miss ministry and reaching people who don't know Jesus. So a lot of my time when we were in Lismore was reaching people who didn't know Christ. So up in Lismore, there are a lot of drug addicts and Mm. Uh, people with really hard backgrounds. One of the salient points was uh, there was a heroin addict that we were helping support. He used to come to a home group that we used to run and it was down from a group home they used to stay in. Mm -hmm. And they would steal from you if they saw you, but they'd see me and they'd go, how can I help you, Glenn? They just saw me as someone who was worse off than they are. So they were very compassionate towards me. And and so that opened the door for me to be able to minister to them and and pray with them. Mm -hmm. And so they used to come to a home group and and people were quite worried that I had all these heroin addicts who were going to steal everything from me, but they were were actually protecting us and looking after me. So it was was quite beautiful. So I wanted to get back in that space. so So you were just doing this on your own, not an official ministry? No, that was part of our church, our mm-hmm. first church in Lismore. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to Canberra, there was no ministry at all. I was just working full time. And I found it quite hard because I was so busy to connect and be involved in, in, in any form of sort of ministry or mm-hmm. home groups were qu- quite hard. Canberra is quite a big place. So mm. um, I, I felt that tug to go back into ministry. And um, I was praying a lot about it and just found my career was very unfulfilling that tug was in my heart to help people again. Mm-hmm. I was praying a lot about it, and I, I knew my wife wouldn't be too happy about it, but I, I felt a real call to go to Bible college, mainly so I could just have the qualifications to get into a form of ministry where you know, I just just pray that God would lead me that way. And mm-hmm. So I ended up at um, Southern Cross Bible College in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So I moved the whole family, um, sort of put my career on hold. Wow, that's a big jump. Yeah, it was. It was a big decision. Um, so I was earning pretty good money with my career. It was a really good career. So it was, it was a big sacrifice to let that go, and, and I just trusted God to let that go. And So I had a great time in Bible college, did a master's in theology, and then we ended up moving to Orange. Where you are now. Yeah, yeah. So I co-pastored a church or worked as a pastor in a church mm-hmm. for seven years and um, just parted ways with that church. Uh, just for differing reasons. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how did that work out, your first experience in full-time ministry? 
Yeah, it was, it was a real challenge because um, a, a real evangelist at heart, sort of pastoral and evangelist at heart. So, mm-hmm. and I think the two gifts go together. Mm-hmm. So, winning people to Christ and then pastoring, um, looking after them and discipling them along the way. And that love of that pastoral gift goes a long way. So, I, I really appreciate those two gifts. And sadly, I think evangelism has really slipped away. Reaching Australians is, is quite a challenge. So I feel like I'm a missionary called to Australia. So God's kept me in a wheelchair to try and reach people in Australia. Mm. Yeah, so I just sort of left the church and it ended up in, uh, I got an IT after seven years in ministry. Um, and oh, in two years, so it was nine years that I was out of, out of my IT career. A, a job came up and I applied for it. And it was just perfect timing for our family because we, we didn't have much money needed to buy a house and get a solid sort of uh, foundation for our family. So you left sort of, ministry? Yeah. So um, so let me see if I'm following this. So you had a good job in IT, but left that yep. all to go into ministry and, and yep. went to Bible school. Yep. Then did full-time ministry, but then that didn't work out and you left that, the very thing that you had left IT to start and now you're going back in IT. Yes. Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Glenn Cairns, who's sharing his remarkable life story. As we're hearing, even though he's in a wheelchair, nothing seems to stop him and he keeps on achieving his life goals, including leaving his IT job to train for full-time ministry. Next, we'll hear how God orchestrates an unexpected twist in his life. All that and more is coming up when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Glenn Cairns, who's sharing his remarkable life story and how even though he's in a wheelchair, he keeps on achieving life goals and overcoming setbacks. Sadly, one setback occurred when he left his IT position to train for full-time ministry. But when that didn't work out, he ended up going back to working in the world of information technology. Next, we're going to hear about the unexpected twist that occurred in his life. So you went back to having a secular job, but still yep. being involved in youth ministry at your new church. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. And so how'd that work out? Yeah, great. We we found a beautiful church that just loved us, and so it was quite healing, I guess, for us to be in a church where everyone just loved, and uh, we had great pastors, and and they they had a heart for evangelism, so they mm-hmm. were quite keen to um, take on the youth group and. We're very supported, um, and we took the youth group over to the new church. Okay, so that's wonderful. You're able to do youth ministry. Then what happened? Uh, So the church changed, and the pastors left, and the church came to a point where it was probably, do we close down or do we keep going? And um, and I think eyes were turned towards me, because I was partly preaching sometimes, and I think some eyes turned towards me, and I felt that burden to maybe step up. And I, so I really prayed about it, and God spoke to me 
and I and I really felt a peace to to be able to step up to be the pastor of the church. So oh, that's wow. that happened in the last six months, and so I've taken on the to be the pastor of the church. Oh wow! And, yeah. It's just wonderful to hear how God has taken you step by step. And then for a while, it didn't look like the whole ministry thing was working out for you. And you went back to IT. And then also the next thing you know, you're the pastor of the church. Yeah, I just fell in my lap, so to speak. But I know God has plans for you and he knows what he's doing. So um, so we've got the challenges now of trying to you know just build the church in love and love one another mm-hmm. and then reach out to the community and, and love those around us. So that's the journey we're on now to go along that way and help hopefully build a a loving church. So now you're working and being a lead pastor. Do I have that right? Yeah, you do. It's always a challenge to... I'm glad you had some time for me here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it has been a busy time, but um, I've been really praying that I can keep that balance. And uh, I I think it's always a challenge for... I, I see it as a challenge now with ministers and sadly it's a challenge for them when they go into full-time ministry they lose that secular skills they have to go mm. back in balance of having like churches are predominantly smaller now mm. um and so then the funds and the tithes and you're going through all that um so it's it, it, I, I feel like i'm not a burden on the church and so if i can prolong that as long as i can um, while doing everything I need to do to keep the church healthy and involved in pastoral care and evangelism. and um, So I'll just, anyway, I feel like God's kept me on that journey to keep that balance. So I'll just, mm, I'll just yeah. yes. I'm just uh, reflecting back on your journey. I mean, you had every reason to just give up and, you know, you've had setbacks and challenges, but God has always been there for you, leading and guiding you. And it it hasn't been a uh, straight path. You've had uh, twists and turns here and there, but here you are serving him and doing what you love. Yeah. The two things I would want everyone, for me anyway, God is sovereign and God is faithful. So he's faithful. He knows what, what your desires in your heart are and he knows where he wants to get you. So he's sovereign, so he'll get you on the right path. And God has richly blessed me. And it's a hard thing to know that through hardships we actually find... Um, we can grow a lot through the hardships we go through in mm-hmm. life and yeah. through the good times I don't usually learn too much so through the hardships I'm actually thankful mm. very thankful when I get into the good times so I still have those challenges but I know God has underpinned my life and I know he's there for me so I never slip back into those really dark places mm. I, I, yeah. I always I'm always always fall in God's hands like like when I got saved I always land in his hand mm. it's like I always land in the palm of his hand do you think being a quadriplegic somehow gives you an advantage in ministry? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question. I, I, theologically, I'd probably say no, um, but I'm sure... Well, I mean, um, you were sharing about uh, when you were ministering to the drug addicts. They would yeah. treat other people badly and steal, and then they'd be nice to you. I'm, I'm just wondering if yeah. stuff like that is happening while you're in ministry. Yeah, I think... There, the place where our church is planted at the moment is is predominantly a very poor area, and so we have people with um, economic challenges. And so I guess when I come in, they see someone who's worse off than they probably are mm-hmm. physically, and then they might open up to me more. So hmm. yeah, so in a similar vein to the drug addicts, I yeah, God does open doors for me, and I think even around Christians. Mm-hmm when I'm ministering, they, they actually see me 
doing things, they go, well, if Glenn can do it, maybe I can too, you know, and yeah, maybe yeah. along those lines. And seeing my faith in God, my trust in God, maybe helps people along their journey. Any final reflections to share with us today? Um, yeah, so Philipp- I'd just like to wrap it up with Philippians 4, 12, 13. So this is a scripture that I've really, that's really stuck with me. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with much as with little. I found mm. the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Glenn Cairns. Uh, do you think we could have a chat briefly with your wife? Is she around? Yeah, I'll go look for her and see if I can find her. Thank you so much. Teresa, is that you? Are you with us now? Yeah, 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 I'm here. Glad to have you with <laughs> us. And wow, you have an amazing husband. He has been doing so many wonderful things. It's kind of hard to keep up with him. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, no, he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, let's go back to when the two of you first met in university. What uh, attracted you to him? I think I just, yeah, I just saw that he really loved God and he was funny. He was always <laughs> telling me jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think he charmed me a little bit. But Aww. yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was, I just, yeah, I really liked him. I remember we went on this camp mm-hmm. and then like the night that I sort of started thinking, oh, I really like him. I remember I just said to God, oh, I really like Glenn <laughs> as yeah. I was going off to sleep. But um, yeah, so I think God was having a bit of a laugh too, going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> So when was this? This was back, what, late 80s? Or yeah, early 90s? that's when we first, um, yes, yeah, so we got married in 93. Okay. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe 91. And now fast forwarding, you have three wonderful children. And yeah. uh, recently, as Glenn shared, the Lord called him into ministry. What did you think when he was going to leave the comfortable or the secure IT job to go into ministry? What did you think? Um, I don't know. I was just happy. So that was all good. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, ready to go. We were a little bit worried about finding accommodation with the wheelchair because yeah. that's often really tricky. But then we ended up finding a really nice place. And yeah, so it was good. Really, I was just excited. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds like yeah. you're just really <laughs> supportive of whatever he decides to do in ministry. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I want to follow God too, really. Mm-hmm. So. I just go along. And, and when he was at Bible college, I loved it because I loved Sydney. I thought I was going to hate it because I was from the country. Mm-hmm. And I just, every time I was in Sydney, I was just sitting in traffic and, and just saw so many people. But but where I was, there were all these different cultures around us and I got to know all our neighbours. Mm-hmm. I really loved Sydney oh. in the end. So, yeah, so it was good. <laughs> and then just recently, through a series of events that Glenn shared with us, he becomes the lead pastor of your church. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's exciting too. I, I, I mean, we're both a bit sad because we missed the old pastor. But, um, oh, okay. But yeah, no, <laughs> but it was good. But we, I mean, we just have a heart for the community around there. So, yeah, we're excited to do what God wants us mm-hmm. to do there. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. And the church is beautiful. It's, it's just beautiful people in there. So, so now looking back on your life with Glenn and your marriage together, any observations? Would you have done it any other way or what do you think? Um, oh, I probably, I guess I wish I was a bit more mature 
when we first got married. Well, I think, well we all we all wish that. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. So you can't really. I mean, I guess that's the thing is every day you're just learning. Yeah. And sometimes failing and yeah. <laughs> then learning again. So. But I mean, I'm sure some of your girlfriends might have thought, uh, Teresa, you know, there's going to be challenges with uh, a husband who is a quadriplegic. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I had one girlfriend, like her family was very fussy about who she married. So mm-hmm. she she was so sweet. She was really worried about me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just, I'm, I'm quite a bit of a romantic too. So I just think, you know, if you fall in love, oh. you go to the ends of the earth. <laughs> so, that's beautiful. So that's, <laughs> that's sort of who I am as a person, yeah. which is Good, like I mean, but it also can be later on. You're like, oh, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it, I don't know. I do still think that even to this day that I mean, it says in the Bible, love is as strong as death in Song mm. of Solomon's, and I always think Jesus proved it stronger than death. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just think love is pretty strong. But I mean, that's not to say that yeah, we haven't had hard times because we have. So. Yeah. Well, one thing I asked him is if he thinks that being in a wheelchair uniquely helps him in ministry. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think sometimes, yeah, you can have a false perspective about um, people who are disabled. They're actually so beautiful. Like sometimes I'm like, how did I get so honored Mm. to be around? Like, you know, if we go to a disabled thing or something, I'm like, man, these people are so beautiful. And the other thing is that when you're sometimes weak, what happens is you'll there's so many people who are so kind you know we'll mm-hmm. be at the shops and people will be offering to help or so like you you end up finding the most beautiful people mm, so yeah. it's not always yeah like there are some beautiful people around like just in the community not not just christians like all the christians of course are beautiful too but mm-hmm. yeah and you'll end up finding them <laughs> so yeah so that's really nice too and and it gives I think people can be more responsive when you haven't got everything perfect because mm-hmm. they don't feel like you're saying, oh, oh you know, you want to be perfect like me or something like that. Yeah, you know, so they, they can be you comfortable. struggle as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. They know, yeah, they know you have challenges in life too. So they can just be yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Teresa Cans, thank you so much for sharing a bit of what it's like in your journey with Glenn. Thank you so much for sharing with us. That's all right. <laughs> Thank you. That was Teresa Cairns, wife of Glenn Cairns, who's been sharing his incredible life journey with us. And wow, just when it looked like all the time and energy Glenn spent training for ministry had come to nothing, God orchestrated events in his life and he ends up becoming the pastor of his church while still working at his IT position. Remarkable. It's just a wonderful example of how God can turn things around if we keep our eyes on him and are willing to serve others through thick and thin. I just love Glenn's heart for helping people and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And as his wife shared, the interesting thing is that Glenn being in a wheelchair actually has some advantages in ministry because people are often more willing to be open with him about challenges they're going through because they know what he's been through. A powerful example of how God can use even our worst experiences for his glory. As the Bible says, God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called 
according to his purpose. Doesn't mean we won't have troubles in life, but we know that God can work through even our worst experiences. Well, thanks for joining us for Glenn's inspiring story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.